0: We are live on social media. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. I'm Caroline. I'm doing this show because... I love puppetry and I want more people enjoy this art form. So I gather with fellow puppeteers from all over the world online, in real time, live. And we chat about this art form and how we enjoy it when the crush happened. So that's the Puppet Podcast. And we have such amazing stuff coming. Like we will do a gala Online gala with all the guests and the community. So that's our uh, challenge. We will, you will see the promotion come really soon. But uh, this weekend we have a workshop, and I want to take a, just a second to drop that in the screen. It's a wonderful workshop with. The wonderful Edwin Salas. We will talk about OBS. What is this OBS? This is a platform to do online streaming, online show, and it's kind of really useful to learn that how we can put the show that we maybe have done in our uh, basement or in uh, we, uh, we create. Eh? it's a funny time, so you can take those show and put it online and feel like what it is, where it's going. So I'm, I'm really questioning this and I want to uh, give to the community the tools to doing that. So Edwin accept the challenge to do this wonderful workshop. So it's next Sunday, it's uh, in the afternoon. So Sunday afternoon at two east time. So if you are in Pacific it's a bit early, you're European, it will be maybe more late at the night. So, yeah, join us if you want. Just have a look on the Patreon page right there. Boom! Puppet podcast. So it's really simple to... uh, to to see and watch. So we have like many other workshops that we have done in the past. So you have access to all the stuff if you come to join us this weekend. So, yeah, this was the promotion part of the the introduction. So join everyone and write into the chat if you have any uh, comment, if you want to say to us from where you are watching. If you have any question for my wonderful guests, I'm so happy because we challenged this interview for months. We just postpone it. Oh, a busy time. Everyone is kind of busy at this time. So I will bring in the screen the wonderful J- Dave Chapman. I- I'm really happy to connect with UK puppeteers. So please, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll like a live thing with a big crowd of applause mr dave chapman yay
1: i like your drum roll that was a great intro thank you very (laughs) much caroline
0: yeah i must introduce more of your work because you have done so much thank you first for joining me in this
1: show no problem i'm glad we made it happen you said everyone was busy but i mean not everyone is busy because it's locked down here but But there is still film production going on and in a COVID-friendly, you know, the socially distanced, safe way we've been carrying on, uh, which is, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next, but we have been busy and you and I have tried to make this happen for months. And eventually it's really happening right now live.
0: live from the ocean. We've crossed the ocean and we are live together. And yeah, I always ask the guests to introduce themselves. It's hard to do it sometimes. To yeah, do. that's okay. But yeah. uh, could you maybe introduce yourself, your work uh, to the people who are watching right now?
1: Yes, absolutely. Hello, people who are watching. Um, I uh, My name is Dave Chapman, and I started puppeteering uh, when I was a kid. We're going to obviously cover that in a minute, but uh, I professionally puppeteered from the age of 20. I trained at the Jim Henson Company in London, and uh, since then I have been performing, uh, creating, and writing many times, other times performing other people's characters, monsters, creatures, robots, puppets, aliens, uh, for 25 years. So I'm very, very lucky, very blessed that I've managed to... Uh, you know, spend pretty much all my working life in, in puppets um, of, of all kinds of varieties across all kinds of genre, mostly film and television. Uh, and uh, but I'm a huge fan of all forms of puppetry, uh, from you know uh, tabletop stuff, Punch and Judy, you know knockabout stuff, slapstick stuff, adult stuff, kid stuff. I, I love it all. So um, as probably most of the people watching right now do, I would imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and it's great because for me, you you. You work on many legendary puppetry television stuff. Mm. So it's, <laughs> it's amazing how, like, I want to ask you just naturally from there, how is it to work on, on those kind of like, like the dark crystal, those kind of like deep projects? You must feel uh, really, really grateful for this.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You, I mean, we. Uh, funnily enough, we all feel the same, especially the Dark Crystal team, which is Dark Crystal was a team of 10 core puppeteers. Uh, Victor Yerid uh, and Alice Deneen from uh, Los Angeles and then eight British puppeteers. I've got to name them all. Ollie Taylor, Neil Sternberg, Kat Smee, Helena Smee, uh, Warwick brown Pike, Kevin Clash, ah, Victor. oh my god amazing becky henderson amazing cats me we've done them i think that's everybody yeah did i do everybody oh my god i'm in such trouble if i did anyway these people all these people were the same we all love the dark crystal and we were all huge fans of uh of the original movie because we were we're all puppet geeks i mean most puppeteers are puppet geeks that i work with um there's not one who's like, "Oh yeah, I just do this on weekend. you know I'm not really interested in this. Everyone's pretty mad for it, so we were all huge, huge fans of the the original movie, and we were we were all incredibly conscious of stepping into these giant shoes that uh that Jerry Nelson and uh, Dave Goles, uh, Jim Hansen, Frank Oz, Steve Whitmire, uh, you know, these guys, they kind of wrote the rule book on how you do this stuff. They invented that. I mean, like the Dark yeah. Crystal didn't exist. You know, the Muppet Show uh, informed development of the puppet puppeteering department of the Jim Hansen Company and the Creature Shop and, you know, they were they were forging new ground. So we were really conscious that we had to get it right and not make it like a kind of a cheapo knockoff. I mean. Obviously, the, the show was a big, big show with a lot of money involved. It's a big budget show. But within that, you can still make, you know, it can still be average puppeteering or you can still get away with stuff. But we were not planning on getting away with anything uh, because um, it was important to us to yeah, fill those shoes and, and, and keep the level, the bar high. And luckily, yeah. I mean, it won the Emmy uh, uh, and luckily pe- people got it, you know. Because we didn't know, like we'd watch it and go, we like it, but we're puppet geeks. So maybe you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> what about the rest of the world? And uh, yeah. really, you know, it's we're 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 so, we're all very very proud of it. It was, I mean, you said, what are these big projects like? They are all consuming. So you were the La- Dark Crystal was one year of my life from beginning to end, and uh, pre-production is a lot, lots of forward planning. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was, <clears throat> I should explain. I was assistant puppet captain on that and Warwick Brownler Pike with the other assistant puppet captain. And um, so you have to, log- you know, logistically, you have to figure out how a lot of this stuff is going to be done. <laughs> so it's not like you walk in and go, la, la, I've got a puppet, here I go. You have to yeah. read scripts, read the script months in advance, and go, wow, they're having a sword fight on top of a moving carriage. Like, how are we going to do that? So you have a lot of, you know, I mean, planning is everything, right? With, I mean, planning is everything from all of the stuff that any puppeteers would do is if you do your homework, you're going to be okay. It'll be all right on the night, you know?
0: yeah and it, it's the result is so incredible like i i watched that i was touring north america and i was on my tablet watching like all night
1: <laughs> <laughs> were you, were you was, touring with a puppet show or were you touring
0: i i was touring with Cirque du soleil and i was ah, doing yes. a, a puppet in this and i was so geek and as the only puppeteer of, of the cast, I was like telling people, you must watch this. It's on Netflix. And, and I, I was feeling like maybe lonely in this trip, but it's, it's, it, it, it's not like I feel it's a geek thing, but most of the. the 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 muggle understand it also yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah they do and 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 it is that i always have this thing of with netflix it's different because you know you can have this this feeling that we made this thing it exists online that that's it like they're not going to make any more it's extremely expensive to make um and i always have this thing of like some kid this weekend will just choose Dark Crystal on Netflix and be like hmm I wonder what that is and then they're just going to do- dive into this immense world with all this stuff going on and their brains are going to be like wow I what you know this is so exciting that it just sits on the Netflix you know banner in the old days of course if you missed it on TV and you didn't have a VCR or somebody couldn't lend it to you then you missed it but nowadays, it's like it's lovely to know that somebody somewhere can pick that show up and start that journey through Thra, which is obviously the kingdom it's set in. I'm just looking because I think I have a picture here. Sorry, I'll be back in a second. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have a picture that I wanted to show you of the dark, of the dark crystal, but I don't know where it's gone. Hold on a minute. Um,
0: I, and, I but we, it's uh, so great that you, you bring that to us like, like this with a lot of like authenticity. We can understand yeah. the process. We can understand how it was. And it was tough work, but it was yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the thing. There's a there's a sequence on the making of documentary where I am literally falling asleep, No, I'm not falling asleep. It looks like I am, but I'm holding a puppet and I'm closing my eyes because I'm just getting a minute just to kind of gather my thoughts. Um, this is the picture I was trying to show you. Uh, that is that's how many people it takes to make a dark crystal. So that's a lot of people. So that's just the just the crew who are in every single day, and uh, that's a lot of people. I mean, it just it is it, they are immense because everything is bespoke, so you can't go to the store and buy a fancy goblet for a girlfriend to drink out of, or you can't buy a, a chair for a Skeksis. You know, every single thing in that show is designed and, uh, you know, uh, crafted by craftspeople. people. Uh, and so literally everything you see on screen is an original bespoke for that program, which is quite rare that you do a show where everything is bespoke. You know, usually you can rent a few chairs or a car or something.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. It's so yeah. amazing. And I want to ask you this funny question about the why like you talking about geeks but i want to know your why like what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish
1: wow i was five in 1977 so uh that's kind of The Muppet Show is really beginning to take off then. Muppet Show started in 76, but but by 77, Muppet was big news, uh, as was Star Wars, which came out in 77 in the UK. So I suppose um, my – I loved puppets when I was little. So prior to being five, I thought puppets were cool on TV, and I liked kids' puppet shows in the real world, and I thought it was fun that there was these things that could say what they want and be crazy and do wild things that human beings couldn't do. Uh, And then I saw Muppet Show just blew my mind. I was like, this is insane. Like the, the, this is the craziest thing ever. That guy blows things up. The pig is punching the frog. Uh, you know, the bear's terrible, a comedian. He's awful. There's an animal that plays drums and smashes things up. And there's a chef that throws things. It's just like, everything was nuts, you know? So my my sense of humor, that really appealed to my sense of humor. I just thought, this is this is great. You know, what? what this is such a crazy world. So Muppet Show was my entry level thing where I became obsessive and I started drawing the Muppets and I was making foam like foam scratchy foam puppets as a little kid they weren't great but they were you know a star in in that world and um so i suppose from that point on i was then crazy about puppets so it's really a jim henson company thing although i did like puppets before that i just thought the way that jim and frank pushed jim henson i should say and frank pushed things just so far so quickly yeah. you know that because of the you know, they using the TV screen as the playboard. Like, you, prior to that, you know, TV shows have puppet shows on where they had a playboard. So the camera would look at a, a booth. And you'd be thinking, uh-huh. why, you know, why are they doing that? Like, but he went, Jim Henson went, okay, let's just push the camera in and make the bottom of the screen. I can't do it. It's difficult on this because it's a, yeah, yeah, like make that the bottom of the playboard. Yeah. The, char- the characters are just here and here. And I just thought it was amazing. I felt like I reached into my TV. I love the colors. I love the, the sets. I love the anarchy. I love the writing. And, uh, that's what blew my mind and then when i found out they were in london you can imagine i was completely freaked out because i as far as i was concerned the muppet show theater was in los angeles or new york why would it be in london you know like, there's no point they're all american so uh so when i found out they were in london that was i i just completely blew. i thought it was about 10 years old when i found that out and uh i couldn't believe it I just, they're, they're they're here they're actually they're here they're making the show here and then um I wrote to Jim Henson and I said, I want to work with your company. I was 11. Uh, I'd like to be a Muppet performer. I mean, I was 11, so I'd have been very, very short. All the Muppets would be up here. I'd have been down here. Um, but, um, I said, I want to be a Muppet performer. He wrote back and said, I, you're too young to work in our company right now, but we will keep your details on file. And should we ever train any Muppet performers, which we do very occasionally before big movies, um, we'll give you, we'll give you a call so i was 11 so i went oh uh, well i'm 11 and that's not an answer i wanted <laughs> you know so hey jim henson thanks for writing no i was really excited he sent a signed photograph of himself which i still have and um and i was excited because i thought well he he's real guy he is in london they are making the show here all of this is true um but he can't train me because I'm 11, but he did say he keep my details on file, so that's kind of nice, but I'm 11, yeah. so I don't really understand what <laughs> that means. So then, uh, so fast forward to graduating school, going through drama school, I studied stage management and production management at drama school in London at Lambda. Uh, I graduated drama school. I worked in the West End as a stage manager. By this point, I'm 19, so it's eight years later, but from 11 to, to 19 when you're a kid, it's like, you know, half your life. So it's
0: yeah. immense. An eternity.
1: Yeah, so I was working in the West End and um, I had a phone call on my answer phone before the days of mobile phones in the 1800s. (laughs) So I had this answer phone message from my mum when I got home saying, hey, you know, Jim Henson Company called and they said they were auditioning people for to be Muppet performers um, or to be, you know, background Muppet performers in the UK. And uh, I couldn't believe it. So I went along to the audition like two weeks later, got the gig got on the workshop with Kat's Me, who's also in the Dark Crystal. Um, and, um, oh, I just remembered a puppeteer I forgot from Dark Crystal, Damien Farrell. I'm just gonna name check Damien Farrell, amazing puppeteer, Irish. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> myself and Kat and Colin Purvis, another puppeteer I work with all the time in Star Wars and stuff. There's those three and there's five others. And we trained at the Jim Henson as Muppet, background Muppet performers for Muppet Treasure Island, which was the project that I first started on. And, you know, I wrote this letter when I was 11 and then fast forward to being 19 years old and being at the Jim Henson Company training as, you know, a puppeteer. It was crazy, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
0: amazing. And, and do you have like the crush moment in memory? Maybe a moment where you, you just say, this is what I will do for life.
1: I think that is that that. I mean, it's difficult in a sort of into in like just that kind of nano second where it just went blam. Yeah. It's just that summer. I think this that summer of back end of seventy seven into seventy eight when it was Star Wars and Muppet Show. That was it. So it's kind of a elongated period, I suppose. First screen the Muppet Show, maybe kind of, you know, ni- seeing Yoda and stuff in the 1980s, I was a bit freaked out because Yoda, pre, you know, predates the Dark Crystal. So the first creature that carried a performance in a movie that wasn't, you know, a real human being inside was Yoda, which is obviously mm-hmm. Frank Oz's amazing work. So I suppose, I think when I saw Yoda, I thought, oh, you can do puppets that are serious as well. I'd seen some puppet theater that was serious, but I hadn't seen convincing kind of movie stuff that was real. So I suppose, God, yeah, I think it's just, it was a long, it was a six month crush that went, Muppets are amazing, Star Wars is amazing, there's monsters and creatures and robots and things and there's no rules and you can do what you like and that's what I fell in love with, I think, was the fact that, you know, if you wanted to stretch Beaker's legs so they were six foot long, then you can. If you want to fire a penguin into a wall, you can. Uh, if you want to, you know, Piggy rides a motorbike in one of the movies. I mean, it's just that sort of crazy anarchy where you forget that you're watching, like, you forget they you're watching puppets because you go, oh, there's a pig on a motorcycle. You know, like, it makes sense. <laughs> but coming to it as a little kid, it was just like, these guys are nuts. Like It was this whole thing of, I liked comedy and I liked, you know there's a very weird anglo-american sense of humor to the muppet show because some of the writers were american some of the writers were british yeah. so i guess it just was that, that that yeah i can't really pin it down to a very a very specific moment but i definitely say just those two projects the movie star wars and the muppet show
0: yeah. Yoda is key also. I, yeah, I love the fact that you say Yoda make, make a spark like
1: <laughs> yeah, in, yeah.
0: in terms yeah. of seriousness and, it, yeah. and it's great. And I want to ask you also about the field of study because every puppeteer come from a different background. But I want to ask you, like, in your opinion, what would be the best field of study to become a puppeteer?
1: Wow, that's such a great question. The I, I'm i a massive advocate in making contact with people who you think uh, are good. Uh, so, I mean, my story that I've told in rather a long way, but I mean, essentially, as an 11 year old, I wrote a letter and that's what it boils down to, uh, to one person. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess what... Um, I suppose it's that thing of getting involved. It sounds crazy because it sounds so easy to very just go, oh, get involved. It's fine, but I just I think like your stuff, you know, podcast is really interesting and engaging, and it has a lot of good advice. And it's that thing of don't think, don't dream it, be it, or just get up and do it. You know, it's weird because again, people go, well, it's easy for you. You'd have a career, And go, yeah, but I did when I was a little kid make puppets uh-huh. and I did put little shows on in my school. And I think it's that thing of going get involved. If you have a if you have an idea or a dream. Uh, get going uh, and even if you think oh I want to be a funny you know elephant puppet character then then just make one and see how it goes it doesn't matter if it's rubbish because in three weeks time you can rebuild it in six months time you can rebuild it you can change it you can move the voice you can make it a different color you can do whatever so I suppose my thing is getting in touch with people who are doing it and seeing if they have any and watching this kind of stuff obviously there's a you know there's not a wealth of your kind of stuff online actually so you know you guys are doing something which I feel is quite important it's a great place to check in and say you know you know what can i learn this week what can i learn this time yeah it's just that getting involved and also absorbing i mean again it sounds a bit like i'm stating the obvious but <laughs> absorbing everything you know watch everything you can there's so many youtube clips of puppets equally there's a nice archive of um motion picture puppets and TV puppets. And um, also people doing make and do There's Quite a few people who show you online, you know, how to build stuff. And and I know you you guys do some of that stuff too. I just think it's that thing of immersion. It's almost an obsession. I think, I think I was obsessed, (laughs) I I think I probably still am, but I think as a kid, I was definitely obsessed. Like I couldn't consider doing anything else. There was nothing else. Somebody would say, I think the career guy said, oh, I don't think that's gonna work out for public. puppy. I mean, who does that? And I said, well, I wanna do it. And he said, well, I do you like the outdoors? And I said, yes. He said, I think you should work for the forestry commission. So like looking after the woodland, I was like, well, how, how do we get from that to that? So I suppose it's that, and I was upset. So I was just busy. I just went, oh, whatever. And then went and just carried on, carried on watching, learning, uh, researching. Because Back in the day, there was no internet. So I had to go to the library a yeah. book you know order books you know god, order books say to the librarian can I get this book on purpose I found this book oh this is so and so by so and so and they say oh it'll be here in six weeks <laughs> god you know so I've waited six weeks and <laughs> I get my puppet book and I would do oh, okay and then you have to give it back two weeks later because it's a library and then you have to say goodbye <laughs> bye, bye book thanks <laughs> and or you, photocop- you photocopy it but it's just yes that thing I mean again I feel like I'm Approaching to the converted, but it's that thing of if you want to do it, just do it. You know, and don't get and and don't get too hung up about. A lot of people get worried, like, what if it's not good? What if the thing is not great? You go, just do it, because once you do it, that that journey, that forward motion begins. And so once the journey begins, and you know, people often say, well, I don't think I have the right thing right now, I don't have the right fabric or I don't have the right, you know, sponge or I don't know, I don't know how to do it, just do it, scratch, do it. And then you'll soon look at it and go, oh, I need to make that different. And, you know, just progress through that, yeah. journey, you know, because, I, you know, I think I've got this thing on my, uh, in my house, that's like a, it's like a saying, it's not like a naff poster, <laughs> it's, it's a big <laughs> lump of metal and hammered into the metal with type, typography, typewriter letters, it says, what would you do today if you knew you could not fail? And that's the thing. If you if you decide, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, if you do fail, it's that thing of like, what would you do? And people always go, oh, I want to do this. Or I want to do that. And you go, well, just do it. Because the only thing that stops people doing it is the fear of failure. And yeah. failure is fine. failures absolutely fine. It's just a part, as you know, it's a part of the journey. And we have to screw up to get things right. But it's hard when with young people, sometimes with young guns, they don't want to goof up and you go don't worry it's fine it's fine people will see it and they won't think it's very good it doesn't matter because it'll be better next time you know so yeah. i think this immerse yourself become crazy obsessed we're all a little crazy obsessed
0: but we need those kind of advice and talk like you, you you you're you're giving us like the the passion of it and the encouragement and that's what this show is about also yeah
1: yeah yeah that's I, good yeah I, I sense that when i've seen stuff of yours in the past i sense that and i think it's so important to make people just to say to people. Just go do it. Go do it. It's fine. No one's going to, you know, it's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but we need those advice. And we have questions from the audience. Let me bring, oh, yeah. Okay. I just bring it in the (laughs)
1: screen. Ask him to see the animation cells that are (laughs) on the wall behind him. Hey, Bob Rumba, they're not animation cells. They are... That's uh, a rogue. That's a rogue one poster. Where I can't do this because it's the wrong scan. That is a rogue one poster there. I should just point to it in the real world. And that is a last Jedi poster. That is not an animation cell. Although weirdly, Bob Rumba, I have got animation cells in this room that you can't see. But maybe you sense them because you have a sixth sense. And to answer your question, they're Peanuts animation cells because I'm a big fan of Peanuts. Bob Rumba, the guy who sees stuff that's not even in the room, amazing. <laughs>
0: That's funny. That's the the crowd. I love to bring questions here. And if you have people questions, just feel free to put it below the interview in the chat. I will bring it in the screen. I want to ask you also, Dave, this big question about the definition. I always like to have the definition of the puppeteer, how you define a puppet in your own words.
1: Whoa, God. I've heard that you've asked this question before. Um, I think a puppet is a, it's like, I mean, Frank Oz often often refers to puppets as props, you know, Uh and and there's a sort of a dissociation there, which is, you know, he's half jokingly being disrespectful and he's half saying it's not a real thing. It's a vessel uh, that you can push a performance through. So obviously you have to have a human being there. Um, and I guess some human beings, that's a weird thing, actually. Lots of human beings get into puppets because they don't—they want to do a performance, but they don't feel confident with their face on camera or their face in the theatre. So they kind of go, hmm, maybe I could perform in a different way. And uh-huh. um, and if it's not me, then, oh, puppets. And that—that that quite a few people I've worked with ha- have had that experience where they're very funny and they're very confident and they're good at voices, um, but they don't feel like they'd ever want to be an actor. And they, they've made that sidestep naturally. Um, but I think a definition of a puppet is a, for me, a beautifully designed thing. I think it's got to be beautiful. I don't. I mean, unless it's deliberately an ugly thing, but even then, it's a beautiful ugly thing. Um, and it is a, um, I guess, a, a cleverly designed thing that has beautiful movement. Essential that it moves beautifully, and does everything that the puppeteer needs it to do. Um, but it, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a a vessel for performance and a different puppet in different people's hands is amazing how you you can have five people in a circle I'm sure you know this and you can give them a a puppet that's quite um characterless you know quite a flat like not particularly crazy or wacky design and each of those five people will interpret and perform that puppet in a completely different way and it will become a completely different thing with completely different movement attitude Mm -hmm. disposition voice and that's when I go that's when I'm stoked because I think that's amazing that this one thing can be five different things with five different people's approaches, just like that, not with any kind of prior rehearsal or thought, because every puppeteer has a different disposition, a, a, a way of using and manipulating this object to, to, to um, you know, garner an emotional reaction or a laugh or, or empathy or sympathy or whatever. Um, and, and I so I guess that's what I think. It's a vessel. And the only reason I say that is because of that fact of you could have um, – a puppeteer who will pick it up and be crazy and big and loud and wacky and funny. And then the same puppet is handed to a different puppeteer who will give it this very quiet, muted, very caring, thoughtful performance that's equally brilliant, but in a different way. So I think as long as they move well and they're designed beautifully, (laughs) not much to ask, uh, then, you know, any puppeteer can pick it up and run with it and create something and give you something interesting and unique to them, you know
0: yes and it's such a good wording to think in terms of vessel like it's <laughs> yeah. really interesting it's, i love yeah. it yeah. i want also to 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 ask you the i i love talking in terms of future like what is your uh, big purpose you see maybe you you have envisioned for the future in your career or
1: like with puppetry oh gosh that's so again i've heard you ask this question before i i think it's difficult because i've done i've, I've had so many lucky breaks and i've had True. so much uh, fun along the way so far um I, I i feel like next i want to take something really small because i've been on very large scale things for you know 10 years and i'm quite interested in doing a little uh like a little youtube project with a little tabletop puppet small um just something kind of uh, it's, I don't want to say too much because I've given it all away. But um, <laughs> uh, I would like to do that as a personal project. But as far mm-hmm. as professionally, I mean, I I'm so I'm so blessed and lucky that I've had a lot of the things I wanted to do. I, I have got to do so, you know, working in Star Wars, working in Muppets uh, and, and various other things. So I, I, I don't really know that I have an ambition left. I think probably just to keep on working and keep on having fun and enjoying, you know, enjoying what we do, you know, yeah, which is, I'm very blessed. I mean, I'm super blessed to be in a job that I enjoy. I mean, that's every day is like, you think I'm I'm really lucky. I never, I never take it for granted that I do something that I love, you know, ever. Because it's something that you speak to other people, and they go, "Oh God, I wish I could do something." And you you get to know yeah. that not everyone, not everyone has that luxury, you
0: know. Yeah, the fact that like you do your job with a lot of love and passion—it's kind of some something that everyone won but don't have that's that's yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so just to carry on i suppose carry on doing what i'm doing and 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 always always learning as well like again something we all say a lot in our uk puppeteering community and with the americans as well when we're working with them it's just to keep learning because you do you do weirdly i mean many things you do but in puppeteering there's always new stuff to learn and there's new tech as well we some we embrace technology quite a lot and there's a lot of You know, there's a lot of bits and pieces that come up that you think, oh, yeah, that's going to be useful. Nothing that revolutionizes it, because ultimately it's about, you know, a guy or a girl beneath a puppet or or next to a puppet if they're doing, you know, if they're in vision, creating a performance. So we like technology, but equally, I love human beings because they're you know, they're, they're very quick to react, you know, to reprogram stuff. And that is uh, that's complicated,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then that, that's philosophy of puppetry. I love it. The fact that it's, it's human and, and mechanic and technology work together. Yeah. We have yeah. questions from the crowd. Like, so okay. it's someone you maybe know, it's really.
1: Laura cool. Bacon. I do know Laura Bacon. Yes. <laughs> what is Laura's your
0: a- favorite character?
1: Uh, I've on. Hi, Laura. Laura's a British puppeteer who works on Dark Crystal, amongst many other things, and she has a brilliant character called Patsy May. Um, i got oh, a favourite character that's really hard, Laura. Why have you asked me this, Laura? I don't know. Perhaps... Oh, gosh. I like comedy a lot. So I, I, I... There's a character I used to do on a live Saturday morning kids' TV show in the UK, and it didn't even have a name. It was just called Cat. So it's this really mangy cat. And it used to uh, come through the letterbox, the cat flap, not the letterbox, through the cat flap. And it would just moan and be annoying and (laughs) irritating and uh, funny, funny annoying. But I like doing him because it was just this weird uh, opportunity just to moan and be be like a grouchy old (laughs) misery guts. So I think he's quite fondly in my memory uh, as something that made me laugh. And it was fun to do, it was all improv. So like, I'm a big fan of improv, where you can just say what you like and do what you like. But I do a character right now that I'm having great fun with on Kids Saturday Morning TV as well. We're off at the moment, but you know, which is again, uh, it's that, uh, I love it because it's live and it is, um, you just get to go on crazy flights of fancy in your head. So obviously you can do the puppeteering, but equally you can talk crazy, which funnily enough, Laura does a lot she does a lot of um, uh, kind of riffing comedy puppeteering um, where, you know, you, you have a whole nother layer a script is great fun because it's been written by somebody and it's wonderful and the words are beautifully put together and it's an honor to go great this work is done i just need to read it and everyone will give me the credit <laughs> um but um it's also great fun to, to riff so i think my favorite characters have been stuff where i don't have a script <laughs> that's, wow. that sounds weird it sounds odd sounds like megalomania like i like <laughs> it when i make everything up and i'm the king of everything but i there's a lot of fun to be had with that equally i love some of the characters uh the you know movie characters and dark crystal characters and stuff i've done because i kind of go well that's great that's going all over the world you know you do do things and you're very conscious of the fact that you know when we were doing bb8 for star wars we went for two years it's a secret like no one knows we're the only people who know for like a year what this thing looks like how it is and you know there's us and so there's myself and brian and matt and josh who are the 8 team and there's jj abrams who obviously was the director and the creator it was jj's idea to create that puppet um kathleen kennedy who runs lucasfilm neil Scanlan who's the boss of the creature department and then there's a few others and then that's our secret we can't tell mm-hmm. anyone nobody must know so that's kind of fun Equally, that's quite scary, because you go, what if we put this puppet character out into the world, and the world goes, what is this? Like, this is just a ball. It's an annoying, you know, we you just don't know. So there's a funny kind of jeopardy with the big characters, where you think, this is super exciting. We think, Wars, it's amazing. And then you go, please, 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 please let them like it. Please let them like it. Because if they don't like it, Star Wars fans will tell you. <laughs> They'll uh-huh. say, That's terrible. We saw that you new... saw the new character. It's terrible. Why didn't you? You know, whereas luckily with BBA, you know, they were they loved it. So, you know, that was Yeah.
0: Great. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a funny story. And Laura approve about improv.
1: Yes. <laughs> and... I knew she would. You should check Laura Bacon out. You guys should check her out. She's probably a member of the, I think she's a member of the podcast group. And uh, she has some good and interesting and fun stuff.
0: We'll be in touch. Hey, Laura. Yeah, we'll
1: do lunch. I'll work with her another time because in England, we, we do have puppeteers, but we don't have, you know, we, we have a, basically, we all know each other is what I'm trying to say. is There's a, there's a community. We all know each other. I and mean, when big, pro, big projects come into town. Um, we basically see the fact, you know, it's a big, crazy, dysfunctional family and we see the same people again and again and again, you know?
0: but it's cool it's a family as you say and we have other question yeah people like yeah here here I would bring David and he asked both of us. So it's really interesting. It's the first time someone asked like you and me and the... Both of
1: us, that's all right. You could go <laughs> no. first, Caroline, take me are... me for a minute.
0: Favorite moment of your career. Wow, that's a, an interesting question, eh? So, So you can take a sip, uh, Dave, I could answer fast about um yeah. I, I could say that I, I really get a blast when I was doing a, a solo performance on ice with Cirque du Soleil in, in Montreal. Actually, I think I enjoyed the fact that you could play in your own city and, and you do a big, like you, you are alone and you do this in front of a big crowd and you bring your puppetry art to the next level because you, you bring it on ice. For me, it was kind of a, a moment, a challenge moment, but also, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's it's one of the, the great moments of the, the career. So, now, your turn, Dave. Okay, what, what was the
1: question? What's the great, uh, what was the greatest? Oh, favorite moment. Your favorite um, moments. It's, it's so difficult because there's so many things where you go, that was amazing, and that was fun. Um, no. I, oh, uh, I think probably, um, uh, Oh, I was going to say getting, getting trained at Henson's, but that's not my career, is it? That's starting out. We've kind of covered that earlier. Uh, I don't really know. That's awful. I should say I should know. I mean, Dark Crystal winning the Emmy was pretty good because mm-hmm. we worked so, so hard on that show. And uh, I was worried that we wouldn't. Um, and I thought, who could else come win the Emmy this year? We've done this and we worked forever and we slaved over it. So that was quite a buzz. Uh, favorite moment? Oh, I know. Good one. Good Star Wars one. I don't know whether the guy who asked the question is the Star Wars geek or the girl. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, we don't question. know. David. David. <laughs> David. David. Um, I, just from Geekology, uh, walking up the Millennium Falcon ramp, was quite exciting, because as a kid, it was crazy about Star Wars. So walking up the Millennium Falcon Ramp and going, oh, this is where I work for the next six weeks. That's quite exciting. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty exciting. And then also, you know, like, I mean, Kevin Smith is an American film director. You probably know Kevin Smith. He walked up the ramp, he burst into tears. Norman Reynolds, the original production designer of Star Wars, he walked up the ramp, he burst into tears. You know, uh, people, really affects people, that stuff, because it's uh-huh. all, you know, goes back to your childhood and stuff. So I suppose that was pretty cool. There's been quite a few, though. So, I mean, it sounds like I'm going, oh, I've got so many favourite moments. But there are things that happen, and you do go this is pretty cool now like yeah yeah, you'll want to pinch yourself and say i am lucky you know it wasn't for jim henson company and star wars i may well be you know packing chickens or something (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lucky, that's great. And and yeah, we have Simon who enjoy also Dark Crystal.
1: Thank you, Simon.
0: Simon, and we have Oliver right there. Yeah, I think he approved. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, here mm. also. current Dave. Hello. hello, hello. Baby.
1: Oh, I must what were you must talk about Ah. So he says, "What what did I most like about Pop Skexo and controlling BB8?" Uh huh. That's a good question. Um, that is a good question. Thank you very much. Uh, BB. Oh, the most the fun thing about Skexo, who is the Emperor in the Dark Crystal. I don't I don't know a picture of him around, but he is big. He's like seven foot five, and um, a very heavy very sweaty very everything very confusing uh you can't see where you're going you have no line of sight you have a monitor inside that shows you what the film camera sees your arm is up in the air because the head is up there um you're remembering dialogue you're not bumping into furniture you're not bumping into your fellow performers you're not falling off of the edge of the stage there's a thousand and one things to think about and it was very very hot like we all all got so so hot and sweaty like t-shirts soaking wet through (laughs) however that said the best thing about performing skexo is he's he's the villain so he's the most miserable of the evil guys there's all the evil (laughs) guys the Skeksis are all evil in their own special way they have very distinct characters it's that thing we talked about earlier where each individual performer brings a very interesting villain to the table. Uh, but because Skexo's the boss of the villains, it was great. Just him just going, ah, you're rubbish and he's rubbish and I hate you all and kill Gelfling and murder him. And everything was just so brilliantly, so operatically, Shakespeareanly horrible yeah. so it was great because it's always there's so much to go on playing the bad guy um so that's kind of why i love playing the bad guy that was so much fun um and bba i suppose bba is also very difficult but in a different way i don't mean to just make it sound like it's all so hard it's not so hard but bba is tiny tiny controller he's a remote control plane controller so mm-hmm. it's this tiny little this is literally what i'm doing i have these tiny little controllers here and one millimeter on my controller represents you know like three and a half centimetres over on the puppet. So, oh. it's, so you have to be super, super precise. So I get a kick out of getting things right. I mean, we don't always get things right, obviously. But I get, there's a few shots in Star Wars where I'm like, that, this is so crisp and so tidy. Like, it couldn't be any better I'm so I'm so proud of it but it's not again it's not it's not just me there's so many other people involved in that as I said earlier there's another puppeteer Brian and there's Josh Lee who built BBA and Matt Denton who created the software for BBA and Neil Scanlon who's the boss of the creatures and then there's Henrik who painted BBA and then there's Serena who molded stuff and Kenny who molded stuff there's loads of people to come together so I get to sit there and go look at how cool he is. (laughs) The truth is there's a bundles of people behind us who are giving us that privilege, but there's some shots in. So there's some shots in maybe, I mean, I could, I won't go into the shot specifically, but there's some cool, there's some really cool shots of BB-8 where he's super flying, super snappy. And I'm like, that is great. (laughs) There's also other stuff that I don't think is great, but that's another project. But yeah, you know, sometimes you see stuff and go, why did they pick that take? I know we had a better, but you know, they're looking at everything in that shot. They're not looking specifically at you. It's like, what was the sun doing? How were the background artists? What was the principle? You know, there's so many reasons why takes get chosen. But yes- that that was a very long-winded answer. Sorry, go on. <laughs>
0: but it it's such like I love details like this. It's such like precise. It's kind of we we feel the work. We 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 are digging into it. It's yeah, really yeah, yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people. There's a weird thing with like specifically with stuff like that where it's real immersion stuff. Like like the skeksis. It's interesting going back to the puppeteer inside. There's Neil Neil Sternberg who plays Rianne in the Dark Crystal. He also plays. Um, uh, the scroll keeper who's the one with all the glasses down his nose yeah. um and so he's this brilliant puppeteer Neil and he has this ability to uh to be this very sensitive young gelfling ryan who's on this amazing mission and he has to you know get get into this whole thing that one day he's a normal kid the next day it's all going crazy for him um and then equally he and, and that's a lovely subtle performance and then he also plays um uh the scroll keeper who's really horrible and nasty and neil's voice is also the voice of the scroll keeper he's one of the voices that remained on the soundtrack mm.
0: so um
1: he's amazing performance but the scroll keeper is such a different skexist to skexo the emperor is so different to the gourmand who is played by louise gold who louise is you know original muppet show member uh, cast member she's been doing it for years she's in a brilliant you know brilliant brilliant fun amazing performer um and she does the gourmand who's more obsessed with food than anything else and that's a whole nother different skexis. um and the same with everyone i could name all of them they every every single publisher brings a different movement vocabulary and a different style to a skexis, which a lot of people would say well you can't do a lot with a skexis, it's got a flappy mouth and it's got two hands (laughs) but if you watch the show they're all very very distinctive and that's yeah you know we're so we're that's a lovely thing to watch happen as each puppeteer discovers their their character, and it start they start moving and they start speaking and and watching those performances grow and gel together as a team. Because you're never in doubt of the fact that Skeksis are really tight; like they're really good friends. They're revolting, but they're really good friends and they hang out. and But they're also different. And that's 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 you know, pure puppetry.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fashion right there. And Simon is happy. It's an honor. He said that we answer. His
1: Thank question. you, Simon. No problem. No yeah. problem.
0: Yeah. So let's take a last one. I, I I like it's it's cool to 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 dig into it, and it's someone who like it's David again who asked oh, yeah. about yeah Jimson Company. Do you have a?
1: Uh, the best memory of um I gosh again, that's a tricky one. I suppose uh, uh something that strikes you when you first go and work for the Jim Hans Company as I mean I was twenty, is when you see the, the public characters that you grew up with. So it's quite odd if you I mean, there's no secret to you guys, but there are a lot you know, there are several Miss Piggies, there are several Kermits. There have to be because <laughs> sometimes, you know, Kermit's climbing a thing, other times he's being thrown through the air, other times he has a special rig for, you know, different Different things that he does. Uh, and so I suppose when you when you first go to Jim Has Company and you see uh, on a film set, the racks, puppeteering racks, which is where we store all the puppets when we're working, um and you just see like a wall of Kermit's. Like you see five or six Kermit's, and you see five or six Piggies, or five or six fuzzies and you do you 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 kind of you can't believe that this is like you go wow, that really is that's really fuzzy or, you know. So that's a very that's a very strong memory for me. But uh, but yeah. as a as a kind of an overview of working for them, and obviously I worked for them very very recently on. Um, Uh, on Dark Crystal, equally I've worked with them along the years many times is, and this sounds like I'm just blowing sunshine, they are a lovely company. (laughs) Mm. They are a great company to work for. And the reason is because you're know you working for the people who wrote the rule book for for Mm. film and television puppeteering. I know they didn't write the rule book for everything else, but Jane Henson and Jim Henson, uh, Jane was Jim Henson's wife, were both huge fans of all forms of puppetry. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jane was, you know, ran a training program and Jim Henson was always interested in, you know, what was going on, the new stuff and the old stuff and the heritage stuff. So because puppeteering is woven into that company and now with uh, Lisa and Brian uh, looking after the company, um, who obviously Jim and Jane's children, You know, again, it's and Cheryl, I should say, Heather. Um, they 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 fully understand from the beginning to the end how these things are put together, Mm -hmm. and they know all of the heritage. So working for them is 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 a dream. Because sometimes you work for commercial people, or you work for companies who are just using puppeteering for you know 20 minutes for a thing mm-hmm. or they're using them for a commercial very quickly and you have to you really have to go into great detail about how it works and you have to educate them along the path yeah. but these guys you, you know you need to educate they, they've done it all so it's fine <laughs> you just have this very so best memory of working with them it's first thing the muppets and secondly just working with them they're an amazing company yeah you know, really, they really are and they've held on over the years it's you know I, I think it's great that you know they're still you know jim henson started in the 1950s and you have Dark Crystal, which came out eighteen months ago, or whatever, and Earth to Ned, which is their Disney Plus show, and they're still they're still kicking it. Like they're still, you know, the best in the world at what they do. So it's lovely to go and work for them because you think, well, you know, this is going to be much more straightforward than normal, you know
0: that's true and it's, it's such a, a respect for the art form for the puppeteer work and and yeah. it's true we can see it in the screen we feel it it's great yeah yeah
1: yeah and i think that lovely i did mention it briefly but that lovely thing of like jim henson would go to mayfair there's this thing in london called mayfair where um all the punch and judy guys get the puppet booths and they put them in covent garden and they do punch shows all day and like jim henson would turn up to that so he'd go and support the punch and judy guys who essentially mm. you know they're doing, they've got their show in the back of the car and they have the booth and they turn up to parties and events and, you know, they do all sorts of huge events and down to small kids parties. But the fact that he was still there kind of going, what are these guys up to? And you know, they're checking it out. And, and also he was big on European puppetry as was Jane Henson. And, you know, if anyone had anything new, they wanted to know about it. And there's just, you know, there's that passion there, which you just can't, it was years and years of knowledge in both their heads. And it's the same with like Brian Henson, who, 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 um, what he directed earth to ned the disney plus show he he's just fascinated by new stuff like if you can think if you can think of a new way to do something he's the one who devised the bicycle sequence in um the great muppet caper where they're all cycling bicycles around um london in the park and uh that was his he's like 18 19 at that point he's on um, summer break from school and he just came over and went i can figure this out i mean it's like you've got like 20 puppets riding bicycles and he went I think I know how we can do this. <laughs> so you know, and he still does that now. He's always looking for the new, like, how can yeah. we make this better? What's the new thing? How can we, you know? That's, so that's true. Cool.
0: It's a feel who improve, and like yep. it, it's it's great to to see that. And yep. uh, for the conclusion, Dave, I always ask if the guests have a puppet yeah somehow around to show to the camera
1: i sort of do I and mean, the thing is i did i can show you my this is really old so this is not me performing hang on this is the first muppet puppet i got in the u.s i got this in canada when i was a kid i'm not going to do him because he's this is he's all fallen to bits but it's obviously burke from sesame street one of Frank Oz's characters uh and i i'm not going to do him because he's got eyes and i'm working on a straight scan monitor this is a reverse monitor let's see if we can see where's the where there we are yeah, I can. Oh,
0: no. it's
1: bigger. I'm bigger. Yeah, bigger. Bigger. <laughs> yeah. A potato. I'm a potato with a ripped mouth. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I can't see anything because I don't have any eyes, and my <laughs> mouth does not move very well because I'm very old. Okay. So can I? Do I get paid now? Can I get some <laughs> cheese? I don't understand any of this. Who's this guy? So that's him. I could get you. Do you want me to get you one with eyes? He won't look at the camera, but do you want me to do that? You,
0: yeah yeah Let, let's go let's go okay, we, we are here to to see puppetry in action and yeah thank you by the way all the people who put question in and and if you yeah, stay tuned we have another camera coming
1: <laughs> this um this is uh this is a puppet of me this is made <gasps> by a brilliant british puppeteer called phil Walsh. fletcher there you go there's me so if i just disappear <laughs> hang on a second okay okay Okay, so they, they, he's gone now, and uh, it's just me. I don't know why I'm American all of a sudden, but I am. Um, that just happened. I don't know why.
0: That's perfect. And, Thank uh, you. <laughs> and you are a passionate character, I feel. you.
1: Yes, you... yes, yes, of course. Yes, I am very passionate. This is my house. I live here, and um, I'm sometimes in a human form, but right now I'm in a puppet form. And I just have a little, I don't know, why. It's... why is the roof sloping? <laughs> I said to Caroline before we started, it's like I'm in Harry Potter. I live under the stairs in England. <laughs> I don't live under the stairs. I'm in a, I'm in a loft. But anyway, that was that was a puppet of me that Phil Fletcher, who's a brilliant British puppeteer, made for me uh, when we're doing the Dark Crystal. So that's what I look like in a felt fabric form.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Michael was was
1: curious about. <laughs> Yeah. It's me, Michael. It's me. It was a gift. It's me in a puppet form. I do have other puppets in the house, but they're not. They're. I mean, I don't have tons. I don't have tons. I have I have some puppets in the house, but most of the stuff I do is owned by the companies that you work for. So yeah, you yeah. can't <laughs> walk out. You can't walk out with it. You
0: know? Yeah, that's true. They, they have co- copyrights also.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if you wanted a bb loads of people say to me, uh, do you have a BBA? Or like when we did, we did Yoda on um, one of the Star Wars films, and they're like, do you get to keep a Yoda? <laughs> no. Do you have any idea how much these things cost? Like a Yoda is very expensive. A BBA is insanely expensive because it's full of software and uh, bespoke software and stuff. that's. That there's a bit of kittens, uh, very geeky Star Wars fact. There's a bit of um, software in BBA 8 which only exists in BBA. 8 It's bespoke and it was made specifically for that and that's quite again that's quite an interesting fact that there is this um this piece of kit that isn't used anywhere else in the world it was specifically designed to make him do his special clever head moving thing while the ball's rolling and everyone goes "Mm, how do they do that magic (laughs) movie magic
0: (laughs) it's magic this is puppetry Thank you so much, Dave, for your time. So if people want to see more of your work, want to contact you, where they should look or (laughs) go.
1: Well, I, we, Caroline knows this. Caroline knows its viewers, but I'm not on social media. Not for any reason. I think social media is great fun. I just don't have the time. Uh, But I'm not really anywhere. I mean, there's stuff, there's loads of stuff on YouTube. Like if you type Dave Chapman Talks BBA or Dave Chapman Talks Puppets or whatever, there is there is stuff of me uh, enough. There's more than enough of me talking nonsense (laughs) online. Um, So yeah, I don't have Twitter and stuff. And I I will probably get it at some point. I know that lots of my friends, especially public community, like, why don't you? uh, I will, I'll catch up at some point. I just don't have time. I've been busy raising children and that just hoovers your time up.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that, that's good. That's a, another kind of uh, not puppet. Uh, we cannot say that. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that in many ways they are. Puppets are easier because you can put puppets back in the box and say, go yeah. to sleep now, little puppet. But uh, children less so. But they, I mean, funny enough, they they liked puppets when they were kids, but now they're just, they're like, oh, I'm not more. Uh, puppets are, uh, you know, but they did when they were little. They really liked the fact that they could talk to you know, there'd be a TV character that they knew and then you could talk to them, bring them home and show them the puppet. And they like that a lot. And they're in some of the stuff as well. I used to drag them when they were little. They're both teenagers now. But I used to drag them into the show sometimes. They'd play interested children, you know. That's great. That's
0: great. <laughs> that's amazing. Dave, that's all for our interview. But no uh, I will remove you of the screen, but you can stay in the virtual studio. We can chat after. So I will just put push- like just like like woo-hoo! <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for watching this wonderful interview. And if you haven't catch this up, I have a new camera right there. We we improve the, the podcast with new stuff. So it's really cool to share that experience with you also. And if you have any question, feel free to write to us. We have a, an email address, info at puppetpodcast.com. And yeah, we add this on the weekend. Let me bring in the screen right here the wonderful workshop that we organized about online OBS, how to manage this. So we will learn some techie stuff. I don't know if you're used to that OBS, but you can, I will do my, my own work also. I will study a bit of what is that OBS thing. So I will be ready for the workshop on Sunday. It's this Sunday. So feel free to have a look on the Patreon. I will just bring the little banner. So the address is right there. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, let's share this interview. That was amazing to, like, get into Dark Crystal World and Jim and Sam, So feel free to put it out on your wall or the friend wall or whatever. Put it, share it, and you know how it works. So, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a wonderful evening if you are in UK, a wonderful afternoon if you are in Canada, US area, and however you are in the world. See you next week for another episode of the Puppet Podcast.